Hello, and you are tuned into another journey of Women Who Boss Up. This is where I have conversations with women who rise above and become bosses. These women have a sense of confidence and awareness about where they stand in this world, and they handle their business authentically, and they love what they do. Now, my guest today is Afia Latham. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Now, Afia is co-owner of Express Employment Professionals, which is an award-winning top staffing company in the U.S., Canada, and South Africa. Afia has a long-standing passion for helping people reach their career goals and perform at their highest level of professionalism. She is committed to making a difference in her community by skillfully balancing client goals and the needs of local businesses, citizens, and associates. And she's going to share her journey with us today. So Afia, tell us, what was life like growing up for you? Oh boy, that's a loaded question. Let me see. I don't know where I should start. Overall, I would say that life growing up was was good for me. I grew up with both parents in the home. Um, both of my parents are West Indian. They're not from the States. So I grew up in a West Indian household with pretty strict parents. And overall, it was good. Now, were you an only child? No, I am the oldest of four. Oh. Two boys, two girls. Ah, okay. So you kind of took charge and kind of took over. Always. Okay. And that's why you do what you do today, right? Absolutely. Share with us, you say, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? (laughs) Absolutely. So when I was younger, I was totally obsessed with playing office. I loved playing office. I love having my pretend desk with my pens and my papers and making my siblings come in and pretend there was an issue and the manager had to come and solve that issue. I loved playing office and I always knew that I wanted to be in some sort of administrative managerial type position. And then as I grew older and I was in middle school, high school, I was thinking that I wanted to do marketing. Um, I wanted to do international, not international, what am I saying? I wanted to do commercial advertising. I wanted to focus in that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is that what you went to school for? I went to school for business Business? administration. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you are the co-owner of Express Employment Professionals. What made you decide that this was what you wanted to do? So staffing actually kind of fell into my lap. So I started working when I moved back to Michigan. I moved back to Michigan in 2013, and I was actually working with the schools. And I was an after-school coordinator for the 21st Century After School Program. And then that contract had ended, and then I was looking for a job. So I started volunteering at Girls on the Run, and one of the ladies there said, hey, one of my friends is looking for some help in staffing and, um, you know, some HR support and things like that. I'm like, I don't have any experience in that. I don't know anything about staffing. That's not the job for me. She's like, just go have a conversation with him and and just kind of see where it goes. And I'm like, all right. So after four conversations, he's like, all right, I want, I want to hire you. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, I'm going to need you to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'll take the job. So I come in on the first day, he's like, do you know you don't know how much you're going to be making? <laughs> and I'm like... I know you're going to have to pay me something. I said, what I'm really looking for right now is is peace of mind. I was going through a divorce at the time, and I'm like, I just want to be in a peaceful, safe environment. And if I get that, you're going to have to pay me something. I know that it'll it'll be fine. And what we agreed on was fair. Okay, very good. So now, how did that lead into you becoming co-owner of Express Employment? Yeah. So while I was working at Express, I was brought on as an employment specialist. 
And once I started that job, as I had mentioned, I was going through a divorce. I told myself, okay, you need to stay focused. And I'm like, your goals, what are your goals? What what do you want? And I'm like, you know, stay close to God, love my kids and work on building a career. I didn't think that at that point I was starting to build a career. I was just thinking, okay, right now you just need a job. You need to take care of your kids. So if anything, I knew that I would be building up my skill set somehow, and these skills would be transferable into something else, into my career. So those were my goals, and I was just focused. And I started as an employment specialist. The following year, I was promoted into an admin recruiter and then to a professional recruiter and then into operations. And it just kind of happened, and I didn't really see that it was evolving into something. And then the opportunity had presented itself to purchase in 2019, and uh, my business partner, Ryan and Smith, and I said yes, and that's that's how <laughs> that came about. Okay, now, so you're co-owner of Express Employment Services. So tell me, how do you build a successful customer base? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you have to find employers and you got to find employees. So tell me, how does that work? Yeah, so we do have a team and we have a team of people who are smart and intelligent, a lot smarter, I think, um, than Ryan and I. I think he'd agree. And uh, we we hire good people. Um, we've, we've gotten a lot better at hiring the, the right people. And we have a really good team that helps us to build that customer base and And I think that has been kind of our superpower is that we've been able to hire the right individuals to help us to get to where we need to go. Okay, great. So what kind of culture exists in your organization? Yeah. Uh, So we are... (laughs) We are very laid back, um, I would say, with where we're at at Express. We don't micromanage a, a lot, of, and we're very flexible. And especially since the pandemic, we've learned that a lot of people just need that flexibility, and they need that mental support and that freedom to, to care for their families. Because there was a shift after the pandemic mm-hmm. with how people felt about showing up for work and exactly. even just working, period, even if they were working from home. Exactly. And I think for us, what we've been able to do well is to be able to be flexible enough with people where they feel comfortable to let us know this is what I feel works for me and this is what I feel would help us to grow and to be successful. And then I think we're very good at meeting people where they're at. Okay. Now, you're also called the employment matchmaker and accountability (laughs) strategist. You have been admired for your ability to speak up for others, and you've been called an active bystander, championing the cause of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So tell me, how did you feel when you first heard, oh, you're the employment matchmaker, or hey, you're the accountability strategist? So the employment matchmaker, I thought that that was kind of cute, and I had laughed and chuckled when I first heard that. And then uh, essentially it is kind of just what we do and who we are. You know, companies are reaching out and they're saying, you know, I'd like my candidate to have this and to have that. And then we have to go out and find the person that has this and that. And then we bring them together and then they live happily ever after. So I would say that that statement is true, that we are the employment matchmakers. Okay. Now, you are service-minded and passionate about working with youth and young adults, particularly young women. Why young women? I love working with young women because it's it's something that's personal to me. So I remember when I had my daughter, I was a young mom 
and I had gotten married and then um, had decided that I wanted to get divorced. The first time I had decided I wanted to get a divorce and separated. And when I separated, I had um, moved into a shelter with my daughter and I was there for about a year and a half. And it was a women's shelter and there were just a lot of young women and we'd sit around and we'd talk, but there wasn't really anyone, there wasn't anyone in the group really saying, hey, you know, we should do this to help us get out of where we were at. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like this this pity party of everyone just kind of sharing their story, but no real action steps. And then there were these women that would come in and they would volunteer their time. And all they would do was just come and they'd just sit and just kind of hang out with us. Mm -hmm. And as they were sitting and hanging out with us, they were building up our self-esteem and building up and helping to change our mindset that you might be here, but where do you want to go? And let's create some steps in order to get to the next level. And so my passion for helping women comes from someone helping me get out of a place where I was at. So just being able to pour back into women the same way that someone had poured back into me, I think um, that's why I have a passion for working with just with the younger women. Okay, so, so what do you do when you meet with these young women? Are you basically like just there for support and listening or... Yeah. Um, So when I'm meeting with women, um, listening to their story, sometimes they just want someone to just hear them and then, you know, get advice on what do you think I should do next and how do I create a plan? And then um, we create a plan together and then I hold them accountable to, you know, what do you want to do if you're in the shelter? You know, okay, what's your plan for moving out? What's your plan for maintaining your apartment once you get out? You know, what are you going to do to build up your skill set? What does growth look like for you? How are you going to build wealth? And just helping to educate and saying, okay, this is the woman that you want to be. Let's create that three-year plan to help you get there. And I love, like, spreadsheets and creating plans and um, holding people accountable to things like that. So that's how I've been able to kind of give back is to help in that way. Awesome. Now, you also demonstrate your commitment to shaping young professionals by facilitating a program where young adults learn how to successfully navigate in and through the workforce. Tell us more about this program. Absolutely. So the Job Genius Program is a program that's designed for youth between the ages of 16 to 24. And then what we learned after the pandemic is that our skill, our young adults were really, really lacking in the employability skills. And we had a lot of employers saying, you know, they have a bad attitude or, um, you know, every time I talk to them, it's hard to have, you know, a crucial conversation with them. Or they were, I needed, they were hiring them on and then they were filling out this form and they couldn't fill out the form correctly. And I'm like, okay, I, I noticed that a lot of high school students were graduating and they didn't know how to do some of the things that we look at as, as simple as filling out an application, knowing what your documents are, or hey, if you're on the job, what does a crucial conversation look like? What's appropriate um, as far as the language that you're allowed to use when having conversations with your employer? And so we go into schools and we talk about resume writing and how to sell yourself and how to ace that interview and how to get a call back and we talk about emotional intelligence and crucial conversations, and um, there's also a financial literacy piece. We've partnered with local financial institutions to come in and help facilitate um, on that piece, and it's a career readiness program that helps our young adults. The goal is, you know, what can we do to help them keep their job? 
Exactly, exactly. I totally agree with all of that. That's great. I like that. So what schools are you currently participating with the program in? Yeah, so we um, recently just completed our pilot with the Bering Springs Public Schools. And uh, we did that for two semesters, and we had over 10 students graduate with the Job Genius Certificate, and that's been really exciting. That's awesome. That's great. You are intentional about fulfilling your God-given purpose and living an authentic life and all about living your life in alignment with your purpose. So tell me, what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, why do I do what I do? I think before I used to do what I thought Afia wanted to do. And then at one point, I, I went through this whole spiritual journey thing and then realizing that my life was a lot better and a lot more organized with God than without God. And now that I know that I've been obedient to doing what God wants me to do, there's a lot of clarity in my purpose, and I realize that I am good with working with young adults. I'm, I'm good with working uh, with women, young women, and, and helping them out of their funks. I think that's been my superpower. Uh, I was in a play about a year ago, and I learned out of that play from a creative space that I've somehow morphed into working and working in the, the DEI world and didn't think that that was ever something that I'd intentionally be working in. And then now I see myself in that space. And so, sorry, ask that question again, making sure that I'm getting the end piece of that. What is your why and why do you do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I do what I do because I know that God is guiding my steps. So I know that everything that I'm doing, it's what God wants me to do. Awesome. I like that. Now, okay, so you're a single mom of four amazing kids. You're an entrepreneur. You're a co-owner of a franchise. You just said you're in a play. I know you're on boards and you're focused on DEI, young women, and young adults. So tell me, how do you find balance with all of that? <laughs> That's a good question. And one of my favorite speakers and pastor, her name's uh, Priscilla Shire, and I had learned from her, she was saying, you know, balance is doing what God wants you to do in any given moment. And sometimes we think balance is, I'm a perfect mom, I'm a perfect employee, I'm a great board member, and I'm a great friend, and, you know, I'm just kind of acing everything in my life. And balance is doing what God wants you to do in any given moment. And if you're doing what God wants you to do in that moment, then there's alignment and balance. There's, the, for me, the right alignment and balance in my life. So sometimes it's, I might be pouring more into work with Express, or it's time to pour more into working with my kids, or right now it's just time to not work and just only focus on myself and slow it down a little bit. And so that's what balance is. Balance is doing what God wants you to do in that moment. I like that. So you mentioned focusing on yourself. So once again, you do a lot. So let's talk about self-care. How important is it? And what do you do to take time out for you? So I'm terrible with being consistent with self-care. I am not consistent um, with self-care, but I am a big journaler. Mm -hmm. um, I've been journaling since I was a child and I've continued that um, habit. So I love journaling. I love walking, hiking. I enjoy that very much. I like to treat myself to sweets. I love ah. cake and I love chocolate and those things will instantly bring a smile to my face and make my heart melt. <laughs> okay. I totally enjoy the sweets, especially the chocolate, but you know, I'm taking a break right now. 
what about like travel and music? Most people, when yeah. I say, what do you do, you know, to wind down? And most mm-hmm. people say, you know, well, when I get a chance, I travel mm-hmm. or I listen to music. Are those anything? Absolutely. So when I get a chance, I'm always listening to music. I love uh, soca music. Soca. Soca music, reggae okay. music. I'm a big fan. Uh, so in my spare time, I had that blasting in the car when I was driving here. <laughs> and I was like, let me turn this down before I pull up. And so I love soca, reggae music. That music, it just calms me and it just just makes me happy. So I enjoy that very much. I'm on the Southwest Symphony Orchestra board. Um, So I love that uh, Orchestra. orchestra music as well. And I enjoy that. I don't get to travel as much mm-hmm. as I would like to. Um, as the kids are getting older, I think it, it's a lot easier to probably do that now. Okay. Um, especially as a single mom, I think traveling when they were younger or doing mm-hmm. anything when they were younger all for them at the same time. That I was like, difficult. I'm going to think twice about this. Yes. But definitely planning to travel a lot more. Okay. For sure. Sounds good. Now, you mentioned being on the board of the orchestra. What other boards do you sit on? And why do you feel it's important to be involved in your community? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important to find what feeds you and figure out what you can do to be able to give back in your community. And for me, um, I love music. So uh, being a part of uh, the Southwest Michigan Symphony Board, it's a blessing and it's not something that feels like work. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're when people are deciding whether or not they should join boards it should be something that personally fulfills you because that's something outside of your your everyday work and your nine to five but I think it's important for people to give back to the community and it should be something that you absolutely intentionally love to do Um, I love working with women so I'll go to women's shelters and I'll just go and I'll just sit with them and then we'll just talk through things, and I leave feeling filled up, even though they may have felt like they just gave me the worst story ever, me knowing that I was able to be there and to help listen. That's really important to me. Awesome. I like that. Okay, so let's talk about accolades. So for uh, Express, you got the Circle of Excellence Award, but you also got the 2022 PGA of America Community Impact Award. You got the Bold Women in Business Award, the 40 Under 40 Award, and I'm sure there's many more. But as I was doing my research, that's what I came up with. (laughs) So which one was your most favorite award? I don't want to say favorite. Most in all, like, wow, I didn't even expect I would win this award. Mm -hmm. I think the the Bold Women of Business Award, I was shocked and, and honored to have received that award. It was a small group of women out of Southwest Michigan and they're like the ultimate boss babes, and it was just great to hear their stories and to hear about how resilient and gritty they were. And um, to be named among that group of, of women, um, I thought that that was pretty awesome. Okay, great. And congratulations on all those awards. Thank you. So being that you're a co-owner of the franchise, what was your biggest aha moment? I think learning that managing people was a lot I thought it was going to be a lot easier than I thought it was did you think that for real I did I did and I think that there's I remember when I was sitting in the operations manager role and there was some difficulty with managing with managing a team and and helping to lead a team and I think moving into the role that I am now it feels like there's a lot more pressure and then when you're sitting in this seat it's like how do you get um, your team to continue to be 
vulnerable and and open with you it it changes the relationship and the dynamic is different and then it's like oh i'm gonna have to learn all over again how to lead and to manage sitting from the seat that i'm in i thought it would just be i'd be able to just continue doing what i always did Mm -hmm. and then that was a, a big shocker for me i can imagine yes i bet I totally understand, been there, done that. So you talk about relationships. So how important is it to build relationships? Absolutely. Um, relationships are, are very important. And I would say that over the years, I have been able to build and maintain relationships. I think a lot of people are good at creating relationships or, or starting relationships, but they don't maintain them and they're not healthy and they're not authentic. And over the years, I've learned that there are a number of different types of relationships. Yes. And I have learned how to, to, to spot the relationships that I know are healthy mm-hmm. relationships, especially professionally and personally. Um, so I think relationships are very important. And we all need to, to be mindful of the people that we allow in our space. I like that. Yes, indeed. So how does Afia show up as a leader? Oh, man, I don't think I know how to answer that. I would say that I show up as myself. Over the years, I've learned to to show up as myself. I'll tell a quick story. So I remember when I first started um, working at Express, the owner used this assessment, Leading Dimensions Profiles. He used it as one of his tools um, when he was onboarding people. And one of the sections um, was openness. And I got zero. So he calls me in and he was like, I've never seen this in my entire life. He's like, how is it that your section over here, it's, there's a zero. And I'm like, I'm just not, gonna, I'm just not that open on the job. Uh-huh. I'm like, people are nosy. What, what do you want to know? Right. And then he's like, <laughs> we got to work on this. And then especially when I moved into operations, he was like, you know, in order to, to build a relationship and maintain a relationship, you have to learn to be vulnerable and you yeah. got to learn how to open up. And I wasn't very good at that. So over the years, I've learned to be more open and to be more vulnerable with the team. And I think, so when I think about how I show up, um, my goal is to just always show up as myself okay, and to share because people want to get to know who's the person that's behind the desk, you know, not just the person that's managing high level goals, but you know, who are you and, and what else do you do? Right. Exactly. So what else do you do besides sitting on boards, being an advocate for women, running a business, being a single mom? What else do you do? Let's see. New things that I've picked up. I've recently um, picked up reading books that are fun. Usually um, books that I read, they're all self-help books or books that will help me grow as a leader or spiritual books. And most recently, I'm like, all right, I got to add some fun into my life. So I just picked up a different type of book. Okay. And I've been reading this uh, mystery book. Okay. So you just took a little spin. I did. Okay. I did. That was one of my questions. Actually, I was going to, what book are you reading now? So mystery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking of books, if you were to write a book about yourself, how would you name it and why? If I was to write a book about myself, how would I name it? The title. What would I title it mm-hmm. and why? Let me think about that one moment. <laughs> I've got all these titles rolling through my head and I'm like, all right, which one would you choose? And I feel like over the years, I've just 
evolved as a woman and with so many things with the kids and now as I'm looking at I it was funny just this morning I created my my goals for 2024 and I'm like already right. really yeah okay they're, they're there and I'm like um, I'm, I'm re- also rereading Atomic Habits and I'm like okay what habits do I need to develop now so that I can hit these goals for next year and I'm like all right I'm gonna be 40 in two years and what is it that you want to have accomplished by then I would call the book if I was to write a book I would title the book be still okay something along those in in that family and I'm just thinking about every time that I've elevated or moved into a new space there was this moment where I just couldn't do anything because I didn't know what to do or how to do it and I'm like all right it's time to just take a break and and be still and I think in those still moments is like when you really really just kind of get that clarity of, oh, okay, this is what I needed to do next. I just needed to, to pause for a moment. And those still moments are like the most powerful moments because that's when you're like super aligned oh, um, okay. with what it is that you need to do next. All right. And, and that's true. You do need to be still and, and listen. And, mm-hmm. you, know, if, you know, sometimes God be telling you what to do and you be moving so fast, you yeah. miss it. And that's me. I'm, I move pretty quickly. <laughs> That's me, too. So knowing to just sit down. Girl, sit down. Exactly. <laughs> it just Maybe that's what I'll call it. I'll call it, girl, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one because that would catch some attention. It sure would. would I think that one's more from? catchy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so have you ever been in a situation where someone asked you to do something and you felt it just wasn't right? Yes. I have been in that situation. And how have you handled it? What happened and how did you handle it? Yeah. So when I was in that situation, at first I was conflicted about what I should do. I didn't know what I should do. And then I slept on it and then decided that I would do what the right thing to do was. So I think that sometimes... A lot of us, like we're in groups and we're in organizations or we have an agenda and there's a place that we'd like to take our our personal brand or our business and there are people or companies or business or contracts that we think that we need in order to help us get there. And so sometimes you do things or you're a part of things to help you get somewhere. And I, I was in a situation where someone was asking me to do something that I didn't want to do. And I was thinking, you know, I should probably just move forward and just let it go, Afia. This is not something that you should fight or argue. Just leave it alone. And I try. I slept on it, and I'm like, I just felt so uneasy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I just don't feel comfortable with it. So I didn't do it. And it resulted in me not being able to continue to have a relationship with that organization and and that was okay and but I think it's important and you know when earlier when you were asking about work-life balance and Mm -hmm. you know how do you keep that balance you know keeping staying true to yourself you know allows you to keep that balance and it's it's your balance if you're doing what everybody else wants you to do that's not a balanced life you're you're a puppet Exactly, exactly. And I don't think anyone 
truly wants to be anyone else's puppet. We all want to be in a, in alignment with God and doing what he wants us to do, not so much as what man wants us to do. I agree with that 110%. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. So tell me, what's non-negotiable for a fear? Oh, boy. I have a lot of those. And... One or two. Yeah. I am... I will always lend my opinion in a in a healthy way in the past and i think it was something that had uh developed from a habit i a bad habit i had developed in my marriage was i just didn't speak up i never spoke up and i would just kind of sit there and i'm not going to sit there i'll never sit there and and not lend my opinion i'm always going to to share my opinion and and stand my ground and regardless of if what i'm saying is going to come to fruition or not but uh, that's one thing that I don't negotiate on. I, I'll never sit and be a part of a group and then not say what I'm thinking or how I feel and, and lend my opinion. Okay. I, I'll always speak up. <laughs> I like that. And most people should do that too. Not just go with the flow, but, you know, mm-hmm. if you're feeling it's just not right in your spirit, you should speak up and be, and be a voice. Absolutely. You know, not always going with the grain. Sometimes you got to go against the grain. Correct. What drives you to keep going when it gets really tough? Yeah, so I think as a single mom, knowing that I am the the head of the household, so I am it. Whatever needs to happen is going to have to come from me. So I have my four kids, and everything that I do kind of ties back to how is this going to enrich their lives. So the thing that keeps me going is knowing that I need to, one, provide for my family and also set an example for them as well. Okay, great. Now, if you had the chance to start your career over again, what would you do differently? If I had the chance to start my career over again, I would say yes to a lot more opportunities and projects and share more about myself. Earlier on in my career, I did what I was assigned Mm -hmm. to do. And I had a lot more skills and so much more in me that they never knew. And I didn't share that. And shame on me for doing that. And so if there was something that I could go back earlier on in my career and change is be more vocal about my skills and my ability and what I can do to, to help an organization grow. Okay. Now, what has been your most satisfying moment in business? My most satisfying moment in business... Um, especially working with Express, is clients come to us and they usually come to us when they're frustrated or, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're working with us, it's because they can't find the right person or their turnover is high and they come to us and they're like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. You know, can you help me? And there's always a hesitation when they're deciding whether or not sometimes if they want to work with us because everyone thinks, hey, I can do it by myself. I can do it better. And I love when they give us that opportunity to help to support them and we're able to find the right candidate. And then three years later, you run into them at Meyer and they're like, hey, so-and-so's still with us and we love her. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's one of the most satisfying things to know that we did what we said we were going to do. That's awesome. Now, What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Absolutely. I think that the top three skills needed to be an entrepreneur would be you would need to be able to communicate. Okay. And communicate with people from 
different walks of life and and just know how to handle different situations. Mm -hmm. And I think communication is very important. Problem solving is very important. There are a lot of individuals uh, when they get into, when they're dealing with a difficult situation, they get stuck and then they don't know how to move and then they just dig a hole and just jump. And I think uh, being able to problem solve and have grit is, is very important in business. Now, if you had one piece of advice to someone just starting out, maybe becoming an entrepreneur or something, what would that be? I would say to get a mentor. Get a mentor, I I'd agree. say get a mentor, and it doesn't have to be someone that's in your field. Mm-hmm. Um, get someone that has experience, years of experience with working with people from different walks of life, someone who has had to use um, those skills often with communication and, and problem solving. And I have two mentors who are great at communication and great at problem solving. And that helps when I go to them for support as well. Yes, indeed. Afia, who has been your greatest inspiration? My greatest inspiration. Previous owner of Express, his name was Steve Murray. And I would say that he's he's been my greatest inspiration because from day one, he had always shown up as himself. And he taught me that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be authentic, it's okay to show up as yourself. Because of him, I think he has he was one of the people that brought me closer to Christ and not really knowing that that's what he did. He shared uh, God with me just in bits and pieces, oh, you know, okay. music that he played or He'd say, hey, I was doing this Bible study and I um, I was reading Jeremiah. You should check out this chapter. And it's just a chapter. I could read a chapter. And he'd do little things like that. And his leadership style was just very chill, very laid back. It wasn't aggressive or pushy at all. And he helped me to grow as a professional. And I would say that he's he's been my greatest inspiration. That's great. What's next for Afia? Oh, boy. What's next? Well, one thing I will say, I, so after doing the play, and I remember after the play, the last weekend of the play, they had a talk back session. And Mm -hmm. in that session, um, we had people from the community just kind of talking about what happened. And, you know, there were some who didn't think that, you know, racism was something that kind of existed here in Southwest Michigan. And just a lot of different conversations about, uh, how different people felt and their opinions on race relations and things like that. And I learned a lot about my community during that talk back session. And since then, I've kind of started to do some work in the DEI space. Never anything that I thought that I would be working in or doing. I kind of fell into it from a creative space. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had the opportunity to work with schools and some educational uh, institutions and I, I like doing that work and at some point I was thinking you know what's my place in this fight for equality and you know what do I do to support my people and to help my people and um, I feel like I've I've kind of found possibly my niche with what I can do and how I can support and how I can give back so doing more work in that space um, I see myself doing a lot of that, and I'll continue to work with women. I'll always continue to do that, but definitely doing more uh, work in the DEI space for sure. Okay, very cool. 
Now, I ask all my guests, what's your definition of a boss? A boss. Ooh. A boss is bold and authentic, has a high level of integrity, is a risk taker, and is aware of her... When I look at at boss ladies, I look at boss babes, they know who they are and they know themselves and they know why they're here and nothing's going to shake them about kind of just who they are at the Mm -hmm. core of them. And so that's that's how I would define bosses, women who just know who they are and they're bold and they're authentic and they've got this high level of integrity and they speak up for themselves and they speak up for others. Okay, I like that. Now, do you have any last remarks, and how can somebody contact you? Well, I want to say thank you for uh, inviting me to have a conversation with you. I appreciate you very much. For those of you who have gotten an opportunity to spend time with Marcy, she's an amazing human being. Why, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. And can I tell a story about how (laughs) we, we, like, met? So I had met Marcy at a networking event. So we're all at this networking event, and the director of the organization that we were at the networking event mm-hmm. for, um, once everybody had introduced themselves, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, why do we have to do this? And everyone's going around and they're introducing themselves. And, you know, there's this lady on the other end and super, when you look at her, you're judging. You're like, oh, she's just quiet, soft-spoken woman and, you know, well-dressed and she's standing there. And then her turn comes and it's Marcy. And then she gives the most exciting (laughs) introduction of herself that I've ever heard and then when you were done like even the ladies next to me were like that was good (laughs) and that was the first time that I had ever met you and then I walked up to you and I'm like that introduction was bomb could you teach me how to introduce myself like that and we had lunch and over 90 minutes you had helped me with learning how to introduce myself. Uh, and I'm glad. I mean, you, you already so had thank you together. for that. No problem. No problem at all. But years of practice, you know, <laughs> tweaking it here and there, you know. So good. It's so good. It was just, yeah. it was powerful. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know how to do that, you know. How can you share who you are in 30 seconds and everyone hears, oh, an elevator pitch, an elevator pitch. But you nailed it. Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay. You got me over here blushing. <laughs> but... Anyways, okay, last remarks and contact info. Contact info, number to my office, it's 269-408-1980. I am located at 4070 Red Arrow Highway in St. Joseph. And we also have an office in Pawpaw, 804 South Kalamazoo Street in Pawpaw. Very good. Afia, I want to thank you once again for taking the time out to share your journey with us today on A Journey with Women Who Boss Up. Now, for my listeners, you can follow me on Facebook at A Journey with Women Who Boss Up. Also, you can check out my website, www.bossup.com, or you can email me at womenwhobossup at gmail.com. Please feel free to leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. Until next time, everyone have a great day.